You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to cater your coaching style to make sure that every athlete receives the information you're trying to teach them and can execute that information at the highest level. There are certain things that we as coaches have to make sure we're doing so that all your athletes can learn fast, efficiently, and at the same time to make sure that you perform better on the court. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 40 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Uh, my regular listeners, welcome back. You guys are gonna, you guys are in it for uh, what I hope to be another great episode. And if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of your of the podcast of the volleyball by design podcast i'm getting kind of lost for words here and um i hope you guys can you know join in listen learn take some of the value that i hope to be giving in this podcast and apply it in your gym right away so uh before we get into the podcast just crazy crazy weekend for me um, I'm actually recording this super late uh, on a Sunday night to be released Monday morning, and I, we were moving this weekend. Hectic. Anyone out there who's who's in a, who's experienced moving, um, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. What, what we actually this is I think this is our third move, and we we went from condo to condo, and out we have finally have a house, and it's exciting. Like we have a house. We were in the, we were in a smaller condo. We went to a three bedroom condo, and now we're actually in a house. So that's kind of nice. And, you know, my wife's pregnant with our second on the way. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, we had the space for the kids and to raise a family and all that stuff. And we hired movers. First time we hired movers to do the move. I've always done it with my friends. Best decision I made to hire movers. It took so much stress off of us. Uh, and now we're, we're literally in boxes unpacking um, since Friday. So, yeah. And so if I'm out of it this episode, bear with me. I do apologize. I had a crazy day. Um crazy weekend for that matter so if i'm, I'm kind of all over the map i apologize if you're if you're first time listening i'm normally not like this listen to the previous 39 episodes you'll see what i'm talking about i'm normally uh not out of the map. but we'll see maybe maybe i'm okay maybe i can you know i can pull it together for the next 20 minutes or so and give you guys a good episode so the episode today we're going to talk about um actually is a snippet from one of the trainings that I did. So inside Digital Volleyball Academy, so for those of you who don't know, Digital Volleyball Academy is my signature membership where I get to help coaches all around the world grow and really change the lives of their athletes, uh, where I teach them the Coach B framework, uh, which is the framework that I use to coach at the college level, and it's what I use to help other coaches around the world see results much faster and really create that experience for their players. So inside Digital Volleyball Academy, we do coaching calls and live training. So today... I did a live training called Teaching Strategies to Maximize Your Athlete's Learning. Now, one thing that has been, I don't want to say that's, that's not talked about enough 
it actually isn't talked about enough is that when we coach we, we like knowing the game is one thing but coaching the game is a whole other story so when we try to deliver lessons to our players when we're teaching them skills and we really want them to you know learn the skill being be able to execute it pretty quickly and execute at a high level that's a lot to ask for an athlete and one mistake that coaches make is assuming that every athlete learns the same i made that mistake when i was you know really young and for for a lot of my career actually i made that mistake where i i basically treated all the athletes the same in terms of the way i delivered a lesson you know when i when i'm teaching them how to pass I teach the athletes how to pass, and I'm assuming that everyone is going to learn it the exact same way, but that's not true. Everyone learns differently, and that is important to understand. Everyone learns differently. So today, I did a live training um, inside DVA where I walked our DVA coaches through nine strategies they can use to help cater to multiple different learning styles, and using these strategies, I was able to to significantly change the way that my players retained information. And when we started shifting this mindset to not coaching in one particular way, our athletes were able to take the information we taught them and actually do something with it much faster than we previously had seen before. And that was a game changer for us. And understanding this is important. So I'm obviously not, I'm not going to give you guys all nine strategies because I got to, you know, my, our, our members, um, you know, they have, they have the luxury of getting the entire live training. But what I will leave you with today is, is some strategies for sure that you can take away and some things to think about that you can start implementing in your practice. But the first thing I want to, I want to explain is there are many different types of learning styles. Okay. That's a really important thing. So there are actually seven. There are seven different types of learning styles, and I'm going to explain each one to you so you have an idea of where, where I'm coming from. Okay, the first is very popular. We see it in volleyball all the time, and those are called kinesthetic learners. And kinesthetic learners are simply learners that learn by doing. They want to be active. Okay, they learn by doing. Then we have the the visual learners. These are more like they want to see visual representations of things, whether it's through pictures, diagrams. Um, or they, they want to see video, like they want to actually see what's going on. Then you have verbal um, learners, aka linguistic learners, and they're okay with the with the speech and writing. They don't mind seeing a lot of written stuff, instructions, and things like that. They learn better that way. So these are types of learners that you're going to see, you know, uh, listening to lectures, reading books, uh, researching, stuff like that. Then you have the oral learning, the auditory learning. These are learners that would let, like they're very musically orientated. They like to listen to instruction. So podcasts, very people who like podcasts more than video. That's these are the, these type of learners. Then you have the logical learners. The logical learners are ones that basically like to solve complex problems. They like a specific order of certain things. They like to, you know, a lot of critical thinking and stuff like that. You have the social learners. That's basically people that like to collaborate with each other, learn in a group of people as opposed to by themselves, which leads me to the last one, which is solitary learner, um, also known as intrapersonal. And these are learners that are, you know, they're okay learning by themselves. The, this, the quiet, they like the quiet time, you know, they like to learn by themselves, whether it's and through through many different means, but it's just they're by themselves. That's that's the end of it. So we have seven seven different learning styles, and it's important to understand that 
everybody learns differently. Now, people can be in multiple different categories for sure. Like you could have a kinesthetic learner that also um, is obviously a social learner. Like, you know, like things can happen. They, they could overlap quite a bit, but uh, it's important to understand that there is a difference. So now listening to the seven different learning styles, I want you to ask yourself, in your lessons, in your delivery of instruction to your athletes, have you been keeping in mind that they are they, they learn differently? Did you know that there are seven different types of learners? And now that you know that now that you know the seven different types of learners, has your coaching style catered to more than one or more than two or more than three? And if it has, fantastic, keep doing it. And I would, I would um, encourage you to go beyond that and cater to more than just the three or four that you're doing. And what you're doing by default, and you may have heard me talk about this uh, before in the past, is we are differentiating. This is called differentiated instruction. And differentiated instruction is what it, basically what it means is you're delivering a lesson or an instruction that caters to multiple different learning styles. So your lesson has multiple different teaching strategies involved to cater to multiple different learning styles. So really simple example. Here's a simple example of something that you can do. So if you are teaching a lesson, let's say we're teaching them how to hit, you can demonstrate, you know, you can explain it in, in practice. You can have someone demonstrate the skill. So here's the thing. So now you're, you're explaining it in practice right? So you're giving delivery, you're, you're delivering a lesson, you're having a player perhaps demonstrate that skill, right? And then after that, you can maybe show them a video of what that skill looks like, maybe send them some game tape after or something, some kind of YouTube clip or whatever the case is. And then in addition to that, maybe you're providing them with a handout of the, the type of skill that you're teaching them. So this is a simple example where now the athletes are are getting the instruction. They're, they're learning the same thing, but they're getting that delivery in multiple different ways. And right there, without even getting into too much detail, right there is a recipe for your athletes to learn the information much faster than if they were doing it on their own or, or, or if that you were giving them just one type of delivery method. By adding in multiple layers of instruction, the same, same instruction rather, same lesson, same information. The information doesn't change. The information doesn't change. It's the delivery of that information that changes. And if you can do this in practice or, or just in general when you're teaching a skill, your athletes are going to perform it better. Because now, instead of you know three or four athletes understanding it really well and six athletes taking a bit longer to get to that level of the other four athletes your entire team should be on the same page or at least be progressing at the same pace, faster, which is kind of what we want to do. So many coaching strategies can actually cater to multiple different learning styles. It's true. It, it actually can. So interesting thing that I want you guys to start thinking about, start thinking about how you can teach in multiple different ways. Now, I've talked about the whiteboard in the past. I've talked about it quite a bit, uh, but I want to use the whiteboard as another example of how you can do this. So the whiteboard, which many of you have may or may not use, I'm not sure, but the whiteboard is very simple and it 
can cater to multiple different learning styles. So let's just say, for example, using the whiteboard and you're teaching players, you know, how to pass. Well, you could, and let's just keep it really simple. You were saying, you know, in order to pass a volleyball, your shoulders have to be elevated, your wrist has to be pointed down, and your platform has to be away from your body. I'm just being really simple. There's obviously more involved in passing, but let's just keep those three things. So on the whiteboard, you may have passing. You may have the big the big points that we talked about today. So elevated shoulders, pass away from your body, wrist down, and then maybe the drill. Now, if I'm a learner now, and I think about this, we're learning this. So now my depending on my kinesthetic learners are obviously going to be able to, to do it. They're going to be able to practice it. Okay, my visual learners are obviously going to be able to see what's happening here. They're going to see the skill being executed by either your video or someone demonstrating the skill. Your verbal learners, guess what? You're now catering to your verbal learners by putting it on the board so they can see some written instruction, step-by-step written instruction. Whether you're a social learner or you learn by yourself, that helps as well because you can get reinforced by that. So if you're a, a, a learner that likes to learn by themselves, guess what? You have the strategies there for you. They can look at it. So in a way, you're catering to multiple different learning styles just by implementing the whiteboard. You can even put your learning goals and outcomes on the whiteboard so you can make sure that you cater uh so, they, so that when they see the learning outcomes, they can, they can read it. They can see, oh, this is what we're supposed to get at the end of this. Okay, so um, really, really important. I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is to include some kind of differentiated instruction in your practice. And the whiteboard is just one way of doing it. I'll give you another one. Okay, I'll give you two more. Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier: PDFs and diagrams. Really simple. If you are a coach and you're teaching systems. Okay, whatever system you're teaching, whether it's an offensive system, defensive system, whatever the case is, you're going to go over it in practice. You're going to have your players walk through. You're going to show them. So you're, you're catering to multiple different learning styles there just by showing them where to go and using visuals on the court and stuff like that. And then they're going to get to play, which means they're going to practice it, which is great. And then you're going to be done with practice, but it doesn't stop there. Then you just give them a PDF or a diagram, you email it to them, you give them a paper copy. I, I, have, I wouldn't recommend in 2021 giving paper copies. Everybody has access to stuff online. Give it to them online. Give a PDF, a diagram, whatever it is. Give it to them online. Now, now depending on what social media, not social media rather, but whatever communication platform you guys use, like if you have a team Slack channel, if you use a WhatsApp group, if you have team Snap, whatever it is, make sure that everyone has access to these diagrams and PDFs, okay? It's really important that you have that. This can also be um, like a written document. Like for example, remember how I talked about the whiteboard having the steps of passing on the whiteboard? Well, you could also write it out, maybe have like a passing checklist. I have a passing checklist, I give that out um, to my athletes and the passing checklist has all the things that they have to have, they have to be doing. So it's a really good resource that your athletes can go back and look at. Instead of coming to you all the time, coach, 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 uh, what were the three things that we talked about already in practice to do when passing? Well, they have the resource now. They can just go to that. So it's actually more efficient uh, for both parties to be able to do that. Okay, Really, really important. So PDFs, super important. Um, 
you have the not only do you have your PDF, but you have your diagrams. Um, you have your your whiteboard, which is going to be important. You're going to make sure the whiteboard is clear. People can see it, understand it, and and kind of go from there. All right. I, I think uh, yeah. I, I think the whiteboard definitely is a is a big as uh, a big game changer for sure. Okay. The last thing that I will talk about, and it's one of my I've mentioned all I mentioned a lot, and I really believe that this is important. But gamification, gamification is huge. And here is the thing with gamification, okay? And if you don't know what gamification means, it's just trying to create a game out of anything you do in practice. All right, if you're doing drills, create a game out of it. Because when you create a game, you get to you get to do a lot of things. Let's just start with a couple of things. One, you get to target both the intrinsic and, ex- and extrinsic motivation for your athletes so they get motivated to play both for the, the goal of actually winning and that which is the extrinsic motivation like you want to win, you want to compete and win and the intrinsic is that competitive nature they have inside of them that I want to feel good, I want to compete, I want to you know be in that moment. It creates that competition among athletes. And when that happens, your athlete's level of intensity increases, which means their focus increases. You know, you know how hard is it sometimes to get athletes to focus when you're teaching a skill because it's boring. It's all oh, step by step. This is what we do. But, they, but when they start playing, well, it's a lot more fun now. So the focus increases significantly. And when that increases, your performance increases. The experience of the athlete increases. So gamification is significant, huge. And then, in addition to that, here here is one thing that I that I say. Now, I don't I don't know if there's any truth. I didn't do any research on this, but with the exception of my own research, rather I should say, because I've piloted this and I've seen it in our gym and it's worked. But athletes retain more information when they're having fun with it. It's that simple. When you are having fun with the information that you're given. You're gonna retain more of it now. Like if you look, you talked to like for example, I'm a teacher, so I, I I can definitely relate to this. But you ask a kid, you know, what was LeBron's stat line? Oh, Mr. Uh, he got what do you get? He got like 20 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. He shot eight for 10 from the field. He had a you know he shot four for four in the free throw line. Like they'll like spit it out at you, no problem. They know LeBron's stat line. But if you ask them to study, you know, the 10 most popular cities in the world, that is going to be really tough. That's a tough task for them to do. That's boring. They don't want to study the cities, you know, whatever the case is. They don't want to, that's boring. Or if you sit, tell them to sit down and do math and you know, certain things are boring. Not, not to say math is boring, but you get what I'm saying. But when it comes to, you know, something they love, like when it's like they love games, right? They were, they remember because they were enjoying that, watching the basketball game or, you know, if they're playing, you know, whatever, PS4, PS5, Xbox, they're playing some Call of Duty, you know, they're, they're playing some, you know, games, they'll tell you, like, Call of Duty, Call of Duty is a shooting game, by the way, for those who don't know, if you ask a, a player who plays that game, you know, oh, you know, how many guns do you have, or, or what, what or, or the map, they're, they're playing at certain maps, they'll know the map inside out, but they can't tell you, you know, certain things for school inside out, I guarantee you that. Because it might not be as interesting. It might not be as fun. So we have to create ways of, of having fun. And it's that simple. And, and even like I had a coach ask me the other day about, well, how do I make 
teaching passing fundamentals fun? Like that's boring. Nobody want like I want to make sure my players remember to elevate their shoulders and pass away from their body. But how do I reinforce that? And how do they remember to do it and all that stuff? Well, I'm like gamify it. It's like what, what do you mean gamify it? Well, let's turn it into a game. For every for every pass they make that their their shoulders were elevated and their platform was away from their body, they get a point. I don't now. Here's the here's the thing. I don't care about the result of that pass. Because that's what not, I'm not. I'm not scoring that. I'm scoring their ability to do the fundamentals, which brings me to another point. Fundamentals and skills are two different things. Now, if you you've, you might have heard me say this before, but for new listeners, you may not have. A fundamental and a skill are two different things. So I'm going to tell you a story. When I was coaching club, we had a really bad passing day. Really, really bad passing day. And I came back the next week to practice and I worked on passing drills, serving and passing, serving and passing. And my assistant coach looks at me and says, our passing isn't increasing. And I could tell too, he had the stats so he could see it. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I took a step back and I realized that we couldn't pass because we didn't have the fundamentals to pass. We couldn't create a platform. So when it comes to passing, creating a platform you know, your arms together, elevated shoulders, you know, elbows and all that stuff. Creating a platform is the fundamental. Passing is the action of taking the serve, using the fundamental of creating a platform to get the ball to your target. That's what passing is. So our players didn't have the fundamental to pass a ball. They didn't, they didn't know how to do the, the, the platform. They don't know how to create a platform. So you, obviously they're not going to be able to pass a ball if they can't create a proper platform. So we were looking at this the wrong way. So what we had to do was back up and go over and teach the fundamentals of how to create a platform. And then when we did that, wow, game changer. Now we can start working on passing and our passing numbers started to increase. So why do I bring this story up? It's because yes, fundamentals can be boring, but fundamentals need to be done. And we gamify them. They, they, it helps with the athlete's ability to retain the information and reinforce, not, not only retain, but reinforce the, the, the cues. Like, you know, passing outside your body is really uncomfortable. You know, elevating your shoulders, creating a platform, that's not a normal movement. Like, like athletes don't do that. It's not a normal movement for them. But if we can gamify it, like, for example, award a point, if an athlete elevates their shoulder, award a point if they pass away from their body. Now we're gamifying the drill to, because they're accumulating points. Don't, and be specific. That's what you're getting points for. You're not getting points for getting the ball to your setter. You're getting the points for the fundamental. And when you do that, you'll start reinforcing the skills to create a platform. And then your athletes will get better. But again, it's through gamification. We're, we're having some fun with it. So really important to understand the difference between a fundamental and a skill and gamifying your drills are one of the best things you can do um, to do anything, no matter what. Like uh, an example that I, I gave a coach today was, you know, the, you know, the drill butterfly butterflies, a boring drill, but it's a drill that's really important. It, it tests the fundamentals, you know, the butterflies you serve then you pass then you catch. Then when the person catches, they become a server, serve, pass, catch, serve, pass, catch. That's the drill, serve, pass, catch. And normally teams do it to warm up and it's great. 
but it's very boring. So the a coach asked me, like, well, you know, how, how do you make simple things like that fun? And the answer is really, really simple. You know what I used to do? First team to get 10 perfect balls in a row and the drill stops and we can move on to the next drill. So I shouldn't say first team, but the, the, the team, not the team, but our team rather. See, sorry guys, moving. It has me going crazy. So as a team, our goal is to get 10 balls in a row. And if we do that, we get out of the drill. So just like that, I've turned it into a game. And I've made everyone, everyone's kind of held accountable because now the entire team has to be locked in and focused. Because if one player kind of messes up and the ball is not a great pass, then we start back to zero. So what I'll do is I'll stay on the sideline and I'll count them out. I'll be like, okay, we're at one. Uh, we're at two. We're at three. Oh, shank ball, we're back at zero. And everyone's like, oh, man, we're back at zero. We, and we got to go do it again. And it cre- look, at this a simple drill creates this like, really great team atmosphere where they're competing together they're fighting to get to that 10 ball in a row they're more focused and more dialed in on the serve and the pass and it creates a great great atmosphere for your players more competition the intensity increases the focus increases and therefore the performance increases and that is what it's all about it's about increasing your performance and how do we do that we do it through gamification as well as other things okay so there's a couple strategies that you can take away from this, I hope, and apply it to your team right away. Again, I did an ent- this was an entire live training of 45 minute. I think it was close to close to an hour. But I think it was like 45 minute live training where we talked about nine strategies. I gave you guys a couple today. Um, if you are a DVA member and you missed the live training, make sure you go back inside the membership and watch it. It was a great training. Um, uh, it'll be inside the membership for you guys to take a look at it. Look at it. Um, if you are not a DVA member and you want to get access to trainings like these and and so much more than just the trainings, but the access to our DVA community, the access to myself as a mentor, in addition to behind the scenes and what we do in our college gym and all the tutorial videos of you know all, of passing and hitting and all that stuff, just go to Digital Volleyball Academy, sign up for the waitlist, and when doors open again, um, hopefully in a few months. I will, you will get welcomed in and you can join our DVA community, which is one of the, it's probably the best volleyball community in the world. I'm not even kidding. Our coaches in there are fantastic. So if you like what you heard today, coaches, you want st- you know to learn more about this, to just, just be part of this conversation because no one's talking about this kind of stuff. You know, when you go look online and you try to look for tutorial videos and, and stuff to improve your coaching, no one's talking about differentiated instruction and gamification and different multiple different teaching strategies to multiple different learning styles like this is this is the intangibles this is the I, w- I shouldn't even call it intangibles but this is the stuff that can change your coaching like you all every coach in here that's coaching is probably a pr- like has a pretty good idea of teaching people how to pass I maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching it but most of you know how to pass a volleyball it's one of the first things you you learn as a coach but yet, why is it that some teams can pass really well and some teams can't? Like, passing is a very simple, I mean, it's not a simple skill, but it, it, it's a, it's one of the, it's a skill that you can teach easily. It's a very hard skill, don't get me wrong, to actually go and demonstrate, but, you know, we all know how to create a platform. But why is it that some teams are great and some teams aren't? This is the stuff that we're talking about. This is why some some players learn it faster. It's because of these things that I've talked about today and some and a lot more than just this but this is all part of my coach brief framework that I teach inside Digital Volleyball Academy so if you're interested coaches go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com sign up for the wait list and when doors open I'll be so excited to welcome you guys in um that's it I'm gonna wrap it up so just we talked about the strategies 
we talked about differentiated instruction. You learn the seven different learning styles. Um, so you guys can, if you want more information on that, literally just Google differentiated instruction, Google the seven different learning styles. You'll probably have a ton of stuff um, that you can look up on. If you want more information to fast track all that growth, sign up for DVA and you'll get it all inside there as well. All right, that's it for me. Take care, have a great week, and I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.